Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. Golf Talk Live is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's Andrew to tell you more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tee to green. Welcome to Golf Talk Live with your host, Ted Odorico. Join Ted each week as he speaks with some of the best in golf. This week's special guest will join us a bit later. But first up is another great discussion on Coach's Corner. So let's introduce tonight's Coach's Corner panel. All right, good evening, everybody, and once again, welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, Ted Odorico, and we've got a great show for you tonight. As always, we're going to be starting things off with a great discussion on Coach's Corner with uh, tonight's panel, and I'll introduce uh, both of them here in just a moment. And then a little bit later on, we're, I'll be speaking with, on the second half of the show, my very uh, special guest of the evening, Anthony Holder. He is the Director of Golf Operations at the Horseshoe Bay Resort in Texas. He'll be joining me on the second half with a lot of uh, good events going on uh, through the season, and uh, just give us an overview of the resort and uh, what to expect, uh, what kind of a golf experience you can expect, and a stay-and-play uh, experience as well. So we'll talk about all of those things and more when he joins me on the second half. All right, let me introduce tonight's uh, Coach's Corner panel. One of them's uh, lagging a little bit behind, but uh, I knew that ahead of time, so uh, he'll pop in uh, as soon as he's able to, but I'll introduce both of them anyways just so that uh, I don't have to uh, do that a little bit later on. So first up, of course, is uh, my good friend Clint Wright. He's a 30-year-plus uh, uh, member of the PGA and a partner at TGM Golf. Uh, they're, of course, as I've mentioned many times, a big proponent of the R3 approach, and I certainly consider him to be one of the best covering the short game and uh, has become uh, an all-time favorite here uh, on Coach's Corner. Uh, also, uh, another favorite uh, uh, guest and partner on the show is uh, John Hughes, a PGA Master Professional, and he's also a senior editor Top 25 instructor with Golf Tips Magazine, as well as part of the Golf Tips advisory staff. Uh, he was the honorary president of the North Florida PGA section, and in 2013, uh, he was the recipient of the PGA of America's Professional Development Award. So um, for now, we're going to welcome Clint to the show, and when John comes on, I will keep an eye on the switchboard, and I will pop him into the show as well. But uh, on that note, uh, Clint, welcome to uh, Coach's Corner. Glad to be here, Ted. Look forward to it. I hope I hope John can chime in shortly. It'll be fun. Yeah, he was uh, he was traveling as we all do occasionally, so he was trying to right. um, you know get in in a good spot. So we'll we'll keep an eye out for him, and when he does, I'll, I'll pop him on. But uh, so I got a little bit of a I guess a show tonight. We're going to talk about really about you guys uh, and in uh, some of the sort of personalities and things like that, and you'll understand in a moment. But uh, the first question, we're going to start off with some general questions and then get into a little bit more in-depth um, your thoughts and, on certain topics and things like that. So um, all good, though. Never never give you any gotcha questions, so we're always, uh, we're always good in the panel <laughs> yeah, discussion. Okay. Sure. That's why you keep coming back. Okay. If, that's why you keep coming back. Yeah. So that's I right. want you to, to think, yeah, I want you to think over, and this is obviously related to your career. So obviously as a golf professional right. for many years, um, you know what your strengths, what your greatest strengths have been as a professional. So 
just give me, uh, you know, maybe two or even three of what you consider your greatest strengths and how they have helped you uh, become the good professional uh, golf professional that you have been for so many years. What, what do you think your strengths, your greatest strengths are? Well, that's, that's, that's kind of a tough question right off the bat. But, you know, I, I guess that in our profession, um, I, I think my greatest strength is maybe simply just being patient with people for a while. Uh, give them a, give them the benefit of the of the doubt to where they can learn, you know, how to play the game or how to how to be at the club, the etiquette, uh, things of that nature. We we see a lot of people now that you know it's a little pet peeve. You know, they drive the golf cart where they're not supposed to go. You know, so you have to assume that they just don't know any better the first time. And and so I think one of the my greatest strength is to go up and and try to soften that that attitude say hey look do me a favor would you you know just gonna get the cart back over on cart path we we appreciate you and uh, we're glad you're here um and and then go on about our business so i think the patience with the with people out playing is one of the things that i've always tried to be um and i guess the second would be simply that always looking for an innovation looking for making mm-hmm. your facility and what you do for your students you know the next level up, you know, the technology or, or try to learn and understand. I'm, I um, am in the middle of the book about the every shot counts. It's a, a rendition of how um, the shots gained theory come about. And, and it's, it's, it's really kind of interesting to, to hear uh, Brody talk about how he developed it and what it means. Uh, and, you know, so I try to relate that to my students. So what I learn, I've always tried to, pass along to my students and people that, and playing partners too, other professionals. You know, I play as much golf now with other retired professionals as I do anybody else. And so we try to share those ideas. I guess I never tried to keep good ideas to myself. If you, and most of the guys will tell you I'm the fellow out there that'll, that'll make their head hurt before the end of the day, you know. <laughs> Get a little bit get a little bit out on the edge sometimes, but I appreciate that. I, I knew, generally will bring it back to the middle before it's over, but I will get it out on the edge every now and then. So, you know, being patient, <laughs> you know that. Um, being patient with the people and, and trying to, to share the ideas that I come across or, or whatever to, to make sure everybody gets to be as good as they can be. I, I, I think those are fantastic points and, and, uh, you know, I think in our profession, you know, we're, we're very, uh, you know, I sort of lump us into the category of an educator as well. I mean, we're, you know, we're there to teach um, our students certain skills to help make their um, golf game, obviously, a more enjoyable experience. And I think one of the skills, too, and I think, it, you know, people t- probably take this for advantage, uh, take this um, uh, in a way that um, for granted, is, sorry, was the word I was looking for. And that is, in our profession, um, I agree with all the points you said, but I think you also have to be a good listener. Um, you know, you have to listen to what the students are telling you. Un- unfortunately, sometimes, I think we're all guilty with it at some point, uh, especially early on in our careers, because you're, you're sort of honing and developing your skills, and as you become more seasoned, you, you know, you fine-tune things. But I think sometimes, and we've talked about this on the show, a lot of times uh, instructors, again, especially some of the younger ones, are trying to teach to a method or trying to, you know, sort of let the, the student know what they know. And sometimes it can get a little overwhelming, a little bit too complicated and too involved. 
and they're not really listening to maybe some of the needs that the students live. So I think as, a, as to be a, a good golf professional, um, you have to listen to your students, to what their concerns are, what right. some of the issues are, and what problems they may be faced with, so that then you can sort of dissect and divulge and all of that, and then formulate a game plan uh, for success uh, based on that information. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as you know, as you and I have talked about before, I think as you know, we become more seasoned in years, you you learn to recognize those that skill set even more. And um, you've developed uh, sort of a, a, a system, if you will, I hate to use that word, but a system of <laughs> recognizing things more quickly than what you might have, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So I think being a good listener mm-hmm. is one as well. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a, a good point. I, say, I think you're, you're right on the, 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 the longer we go in our profession and do, we eventually reach a point to where we really feel comfortable with ourselves to a point that we don't have to prove to people what we know. You right. know, I I think that that my lessons now, I think that what I what I'm giving is, it evolves more into, and you're correct, and it evolves into being more of a conversation with your student than it is a student teacher relationship. It's a conversation. Uh, I had a great lesson yesterday. A guy had not been playing for a while. Wanted to get back to it. You know, and it evolved very quickly that he's got a good golf swing about what he intended to want to do, things of those nature. You have a conversation with your student. And and I, I guess I never thought that was a strength of mine, but I always thought that I developed into that. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't think it's something you just go out to intend to do. I think it takes maturity. It takes a point that, like I say, I don't have to prove what I know. People come to, you know, People now come to us for lessons. Right. We don't, you know, I'm not advertising. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. out there beating the band and beating the woods up to get more students. As a young teacher, I was, no doubt. Right. You know, you had to you had to develop a reputation. But now, you know, we don't we never turn anybody away. Uh, if if they if they find us, we'll help them, and we'll we'll move through a lesson program. But it's not anything that a seasoned golf instructor or seasoned teacher of anything uh, eventually evolves into a maturity level says you don't have to prove what I know you already assume I know more you know that I have the skills to help you because you seek me out not the other way around and so you right. can find that comfort zone and, and, and calmness about your instructional uh, abilities. And, and I think that, that bleeds out into the, the student recognizing that. And you, you become more, and you become not necessarily a teacher, but you become a trusted source of information. You become a trusted source of, hey, try this. Let's see if mm-hmm. that works. You know, and then we move through the process of finding what the student feels. You know, what can you feel? As I get into it now, it says, you know, I can see your swing, but I can't feel it. You can feel it, but can't see it. So let's blend mm-hmm. those two things together to see if we can find your golf swing. And uh, yeah. I, I feel, you know, pretty good about that these days. Yeah, I, I think you're, again, you're exactly right as well. I think over time you you develop to a point and fine-tune things enough that, again, it's not a matter of, um, you know, expressing what you know um, as much as having that conversation. And, and I think, Correct. you know, as, as you know, as I said before, 
I think, unfortunately, earlier on in our careers, and I think everybody on some level, some more than others perhaps, are, are guilty. It's a matter of sharing what we know and, and trying to sort of drive certain points home. And, and again, it's a trial and error, and, and, and it takes, again, that maturity to sort of smoothen things out. But um, very interesting. Some great, uh, definitely great strength, oh. and I would agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, so let's flip the switch here and go the opposite direction. Uh, what would you say? Now, obviously, I don't think you're experiencing it at this point, but at some point you probably didn't. Uh, you did, especially early on. But what would you say would have been your, your biggest weakness um, and what did you do to overcome it? Obviously, everybody has, um, you know, yours, as I mentioned in your opening, uh, you know, you, you have uh, a very strong knowledge of the short game, particularly, obviously the whole swing, but, right. uh, but the short game. Um, so that's right. something that you've honed over years. But as we mature and, and get to that level, there's always things that we even have to overcome. What do you think was your, uh, would you consider, and maybe weakness is a little harsh to say, but uh, what would you consider have been right, your biggest no. weakness? Well, you know, I don't know if it was a, a weakness, as you may say, but mm-hmm. I guess it was maybe about 20 years ago. I wish I could have went back and retaught everybody I'd given a lesson to the first 20 years of my career. You know, there comes that point to where you have listened and read and and, and learned so much more than what you knew when you started that you go, man, how dumb was I? You know, I really, I really was not, you know, you know, I really wasn't doing my students a whole lot of good with that idea. So early on, I think that, that we all do this. I think that when you get into teaching, you have that basic, you know, 22, 23-year-old understanding of what you may have seen somebody else do, but you you really, you, the, the, the depth of your knowledge about that is very shallow. But at some point, you, you go, hey, I know everything. You know, come on, I, I'll show you, you know. And so I don't know if it's a weakness, but it's one of those things that I think that all instructors, regardless of what they're teaching, uh, reaches a point of going, Boy, that just wasn't the smartest thing I could have told them 15 years ago. I remember saying that, and then all of a sudden going, probably not the right thing. You know, so you evolve (laughs) into, into, yeah, you evolve into having a a much more solid idea of how to teach somebody something. I guess my weakness was I may knew a good bit about the golf swing, but it took me a while to learn how to be a teacher. You know, yeah. that, and, and I just, I don't know whether that's just something you have to go through, um, but I, I think I was a much better teacher, you know, after I had been at it for a while, which I guess is normal. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that would be the thing I would say if I was would go back and do it again. Um, yeah. I, I would want to have a little bit basic, better understanding of how I was going to try to communicate before I started communicating, if that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense. And, and you know, it, it sort of falls into that old adage, I wish I knew then what I know now category. No, it's true. And that's, that's exactly right. really what you're saying in a roundabout way. Is And, again, that comes, you know, when you're, you know, I was thinking about this the other day uh, about something unrelated, but, I was thinking, you know, it, it's kind of like somebody, you know, uh, a young, uh, again, whatever position doesn't matter, you know, coming down here sure. in the south, 
standing on top of a hill thinking they're king of the mountain only to realize they're standing right. on a fire ant bed. And, yeah, you know, right. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause we don't yeah. have that, you know, we don't have that up North. So, you know, you're thinking, Hey, this right. is pretty cool. I'm on this, this little hill here. I've climbed this hill and only to realize yeah. that, you know, you're, you're getting bitten to death, but, uh, but no, you're exactly right. right. So, um, so this leads me to, to this next question for, for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm actually going to put uh, two of them together. So, and if you need me to repeat okay. anything um, at some okay. point, do it. I probably, uh, will. I probably and, will. That's okay. Um, and, and I'm not, when I, when I say this first question, I'm not referring to monetarily, but what right. do you define or how would you define success in your position? What, for, what's a success or what is a win maybe is a better way to put it for you and what motivates you? Well, what, what, well, in today's world, what motivates is we have so many new students coming into the game because of this, you know, whatever, the, the COVID, the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know. So the driving force for that now is you're not going to turn anybody away. you got to help them when they ask. But, you know, I, I guess what it, success to me is when I ask a, a student when I first meet them, you know, what are you trying to achieve? Give me an idea. You know, what, why are you wanting to play golf or why are you wanting to play better? You know, then we say, okay, well, we, we got an amp, we got X amount of time here that you're going to pay me for. Um, but I'm telling you this is before we leave, we're going to have you where you want to be. And I don't care how long it really takes. It, you know, we're, we're going to spend a minimum amount of time, but if we got to spend a little more time with you, to get you where you want to be, I'm more than willing to do that. So my reward out of that is the understanding that we have helped the person achieve their objective, at least for the short term. Um, you know, so my goal is to help the students get to where they think they want to be, not necessarily mm-hmm. where I think I can get them. And, right. you know, and a lot of times, you know, I've got people who say, hey, look, you know, um, I'm doing really well. I'm going to save some time. And I'll get a call from them six to eight months later. Hey, I'm having a little trouble. Can you meet me? Well, sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, where you want to get together. And so part of that is, is when they reach back out, again, you have, you have established yourself as a trusted source of information when they reach back right. out to you. So what I, you know, so my success is to develop that, that relationship, and this doesn't happen with all the lessons. We have people that that, right. that get going and they play and they're satisfied with where they're at, and you never hear from them again. Okay, which you know, I try to reach out. Like last week, I reached out to two or three people I hadn't seen for a month or two, uh, and the next day I had a lesson with one of them. I said, "Yeah, I hadn't forgotten mm-hmm. about you. Let, let's get it together." So those things are, are important to me um, that they reach their goals. And at some point, they reach back out to you to help you help them get back to it because the wheels are going to run off. We know that. Yeah. So when they reach back out, that makes me feel like that they trusted the first time, that they were successful in what they wanted to achieve because they now have asked me to help them do it again. And, and that's, that's a real good feeling to know, not that your student is struggling, but your student mm-hmm. that you helped achieve their objectives has now reached back out to you, maybe to, to get even better, 
but most of the time is to try to rekindle what they what they thought they had that they lost over a period of time, or maybe they hadn't played for a month or two. So that's a, that's a real rewarding thing to have them reach back out to you. That, that's that's real important to me. Yeah, no, and that's a, a great answer, uh, Clint. By the way, um, I think also too, what it boils down to, just to, to add a little bit to that, you know, a lot of times, you know, you'll work with somebody and you know provide them with the necessary um you know advice if you will to make the changes and you might even provide them with some uh you know some sound drills or 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 changes that are necessary to achieve what they want but then over time as they've you know put that all into into practice they forget that so when those wheels fall off the bus um because they've sort of ridden on their own steam if you will and they haven't gone back to, um, you know, that you might give them, for instance, you might give them a drill or a tip to say, okay, this is what I would recommend when you're out in the practice tee that you do each time or, or the warm-up, uh, warm-up session, excuse me, you know, I would recommend that you do this each time so that you're, you know, you're familiarizing yourself with the process or whatever it is. And a lot of times over time, months go by, they get out there and they're doing pretty good and things have, and they, they forget to go back. So they'll reach out and say, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm not necessarily having huge troubles here, but I kind of forgot some of the things that we talked about earlier. You know, six months have gone by or a year's gone by. So, you know, sometimes it's just a a tune-up is all that's necessary, just a a refresher, if you will, to say, here, remember, these were some of the problems that you had that we discovered, and here's what we did to sort of overcome. Oh, yeah, okay, I get it now. And then, you know, they're kind of back to – so, yeah, it's not a bad thing. It's just sometimes as human nature, we we tend to, you know, find – uh, situations that we get ourselves in and we kind of sort of try to take the reins, if you will. And sometimes yeah. it works for a little while and, and sometimes it doesn't work and they just need to come back. Um, well, one of the things to, I'll add this too before ahead. you go, hang on a is that one of the things that I do, and I think you probably do and most instructors do, is I try to get a video that I leave in my library of when they're swinging well. I want to know what that looks like. Because that way, when they send me their video and a text over the phone, I can pull those up and says, okay, here's what you're doing when you're hitting it good. Here's what you're doing now. So let's go back to what you were doing when you were hitting it good. And mm-hmm. that information, they know I have. They know I have that video. And so they reach back out and say, I'm a little off. Can you compare this one to the one that looks good? And let me know where I'm missing things. So that that's real important too. I think is for an instructor to benchmark your students' best swings, to where mm-hmm. you know you remember. Uh, that's right. an important thing for the the teacher to remember as well. So yeah, no, it's yeah. it's definitely a good idea to to keep that sort of record a record in the background, so that if that situation right. does come up, yeah, you're able to um, you know to with, uh, draw on that that uh, that memory and that information. I think the other thing, too, right. that, you know, as instructors, we um, have to remind students is, you know, if you've got somebody that, you know, maybe took lessons five years ago, depending on what age bracket they're in, you know, a lot can change. You know, body images change. Uh, you know, maybe they, they don't have the same flexibility they did five years ago, but they're still trying to do the same thing. So sometimes it's a matter of recognizing and helping them to recognize. And that doesn't mean that, you know, through proper training and things that they can recover that but the the truth of the matter is as we age our body does not maintain the same flexibility we can certainly help it a little bit yeah. but you know what we were doing in our 20s we're not doing in our 60s and beyond so 
you know, sometimes it's just <laughs> yeah, helping them recognize. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you, brother. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you, know, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of saying, hey, uh, you know, what you did at that point um, may not be possible, but here's some things that we can do based on your abilities now to help maintain as much a po- in other words being realistic in their goals what their goals were you know yeah Perfect. you'd love to hit it 300 yards but you know you're 20 30 years old at that time now in, you know you're 65 right. 75 whatever that's just not going to happen it's not realistic um you know uh and i don't care what equipment you use uh there are some limitations right. that are going to happen so it's a matter of having that mm-hmm. conversation sometimes uh with them as well so that's right. Um, that's right. We're going to flip in. Yeah, we're going to flip into a little bit, uh, a little bit more in-depth questions. We're going to get away from okay. uh, personalities, uh, such. And I'm keeping an eye out for John. Uh, message him, but it that's looks fine. like oh, no, we're we, good. May, we may be. Uh, yeah, we may be holding the fort ourselves. So, uh, not a problem. That, but that'll be fine. Um, yeah. You know, so one of the things that I always find interesting is to get a professional's perspective on a touring professional. So. Do you have any mm-hmm. favorite touring professionals? And it could be past, they could be, you know, uh, current, what have you, or a combination. Um, maybe just one or two, or just one if you want. Um, that were your, sort of your favorites. Um, and what was it about them, and why were they a favorite of yours to watch? You know, Ted, I, I've, I've had this question before, and, and things that we've worked on. I just never really had a favorite or somebody that I followed real closely. You know, I followed the, the tour. I wanted to see mm-hmm. good golf being played. And, and to be honest with you, I really didn't didn't care who it was. I always caught myself pulling for the guy that was one shot behind, always pulling for the underdog, you know, because I wanted to see the excitement of the chase, you know. And um, I guess right now my favorite player is Brian Harmon. Um, you know, he just kind of pecked him down the middle to death. You know, that's the way I play golf now. <laughs> peck it down the middle, peck right. it down the middle. And, you know, and so, I, yeah, I think it's a great question, but I never really had that, you know, guy that I followed and, you know, wore their clothes or wore a hat, wanted to swing like them. I, I just never really had that. And, um, like I said, I always wanted to see an exciting event. You know, mm-hmm. I, I hardly I watch the golf on television some now, uh, uh, but I really don't really care to watch it until it's the last three or four holes of the last day when it's getting down to who's going to win. That's the exciting part right. of it to me. I could I could yeah. kind of care less who's going to win. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but uh, but I, I do understand that I had friends that thought Jack Nicklaus was the greatest thing, and obviously he is a great player. Tiger Woods is a great player. You know, their personalities, Palmer. You know, my dad's favorite player was Arnold Palmer, you know, or Gary yeah. Player. Um, but I really never developed that kind of a um, favoritism towards any of them. I, um, you know, I, I kind of like to see them all play well. And, and um, you know, Ben Crenshaw was a great putter. So you, I don't mm-hmm. think I really got to a point where I have a favorite, but I, I think I admired the way some of them played. You know, right. Crenshaw was a great putter. I admired how he played, you know, um, and things of that nature. You know, that's 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 kind of what I took out of my early, you know, playing high school golf or college golf and an early professional career is I just admired the way they played um, and, and took it at that. Yeah, I, I had certainly 
much like you, I mean, I had certainly, uh, when I say favorite, uh, again, along the same lines as you, is I didn't, you know, try to, obviously I was a lot younger at the time when, when they were coming up, but, you know, I admire Jack Nicholas. I always found it interesting to watch him. Would I want to dress like him mm-hmm. at that time? No. I mean, the style was no. a little bit different than what they are today. And, and That's but, right, right. You know, I enjoyed him. I enjoyed, you know, watching uh, Johnny Miller and, you know, uh, Lee Trevino was always interesting and a lot of fun to watch. I, I followed him a couple right. times at events. You know, and, and but much like you, I, I would say, to be honest, in all fairness, Jack was probably, and again, it was just who was there when I was growing up. But to be honest, I'm like you. I, another one that, you know, you don't hear mention a lot anymore, but I enjoyed watching him play because he was very accurate. Uh, he had a very interesting swing. was Tom Kite. Uh, I used to love watching. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he was one of the early golfers that really started carrying, um, you know, four wedges. I mean, uh, there were certainly others that right. started, but he was one of the early ones to really start carrying extra wedges. And in fact, he did a video uh, a number of years back uh, talking about that very thing. Uh, so, you know, I enjoyed, you know, Payne, Payne Stewart, of course, late Payne Stewart, you know, he was always interesting, had a good sense of humor. Uh, you know, the walrus, uh, mm-hmm. Craig Statler was always funny to watch. Right. Um, yeah. and, you know, as far, yeah. So per, it was more about personalities and really, and, and I enjoyed watching that. Right. I think what was interesting was the different styles of games. Uh, obviously, you know, I was a, a big fan of Arnold Palmer, but for not just so much because of his game, but just his personality. He was just a, a very likable person sure. and, and uh, you know, was very uh, good at, uh, at, at reaching out. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I'm kind of like you. I, I certainly, you know, didn't follow and, and research every, and certainly Tiger, as he uh, was coming up and through the ranks, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I enjoyed watching him as well. So, yeah, I'm kind of like you. I, I had a favorite in the sense that I really liked Jack Nicholas growing up, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't fall on the sword for any one of them, uh, figuratively speaking, right, of course. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm the same as you. I enjoy it. And, and I'm like you now. I mean, when I watch it, I'm not watching, you know, tournament from front end. I'm watching sort of the, you know, the late Sunday afternoon, the last, you know, I might even watch the last nine if I mm-hmm. can, but usually I don't. But I might right. watch the last few holes just to see, you know, if there's going to be anything, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, uh, an ultimate winner or if there's going to, you know, go into uh, – you know, uh, a tie and whatnot. So I'll, I'll sort of watch the, the final bit much like uh, what you do. So, um, but yeah. very interesting, um, you know, the different perspectives. Um, so, mm-hmm. and I'm talking, going back to, um, from a teaching perspective, uh, professional, uh, golfers perspective on this question. Um, mm-hmm. is there a piece of equipment that in your opinion, that you think every golf teaching professional should have in the bag. And what I mean by that, it could be a training aid. It could be something that you have found has really, um, and there might be two, but uh, is there any one particularly that you have found to be very, and you're welcome to give a plug if you want um, on anything that you, <laughs> no, you know, no, are, are no. fairly with. But, um, you know, give me an yeah. example. Like, um, you know, I've asked this question before, and some people say, you know, they really like the orange whip or, or something like that. So right. is there any piece of equipment mm-hmm. that you've found over the years that you really enjoyed using that's helped with the students? That's really, uh, you found this is a solid piece of equipment. And I think this is something a lot of teachers should probably consider throwing in the bag. Your thoughts? Well, I, I think in today's world, we, we all have what I use primarily is an iPad. You know, when you get a good video look, you can slow it down where you can see what's happening. You know, we used for years, you know, you had the old video cameras or you just kind of used your eyes and 
tried to figure out what the ball was doing, things of that nature. But but the iPad has made it so much more convenient to do those things. And to be, <clears throat> be honest with you, for the student standpoint, their cell phone. I mean, great cameras get video. You can do a lot of things with that to help the teacher help you as well. But but an iPad and anything we I use a, a Mike and I and Todd uh, use it uh, a, a little tool that we developed. It's called we call it the release board. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. a very simple tool to help a person understand how their arms work through the movement. Uh, and what we see the majority of, if you're having problems with that old thing we talk about, the chicken wing, and people not mm-hmm. understanding how to to- you know, let the arms rotate within the swing. So I would highly encourage people to find uh, the, a training aid, and there's numbers of them out there. Uh, we just made our own. Um, call, like I said, we call it a release board. And um, and something that gives you both visual and audio response to when your arms are working correctly into the hitting zone. And like I said, there's a number of them out there. The, the thing that we made um, has a little slide in the middle, so you hear the pop at the bottom. So anything like that will help you because the biggest thing we see, I do, is the lack of releasing the club, and some of that is coming from what they see on some of the other videos about, you know, tuck it down and hold it off. Um, right. I, I think that, that, okay, that's problematic for a lot of people. But the uh, for the teaching professional, the advancement in the video ability is huge. And so, therefore, to me, I use that a lot. That's my best tool is the iPad, get a good look at it, slow it down, show the student, um, but then from a student standpoint, I think a training aid, and these training aids are very specific. So the biggest problem I have recommending training aids of any kind is you really don't know what the student's problem is. And if you use mm-hmm. kind of a generic training aid, you give them something that's really not going to help their problem. It may create another problem by using this training aid that's not designed to help them do what they need to do. Uh, so training aids are very specific. So I would I – would, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of give them a warning out there. There's a lot of great training tools. There there are a lot of them, and many of them are very good at what they try to help the student do. But they're very specific. Uh, And the student should, and the teacher should be very specific in recommending those. And most instructors and teachers understand they're specific. But the general mm-hmm. public doesn't. So they, they see the things on, on YouTube or wherever they see it, you know, the guy get this, man, that's going to make my golf swing better. And it may make it better if that training aid is designed to help them with their problem. But that's a big right. assumption. Um, and so we'll be very careful of that. So anything to help them understand the, the way the arms work inside the, the swing to, rot- to release the club. Uh, and like I said, as far as I'm concerned, the advancement in uh, video capabilities uh, is, is what I use the most, for sure. Yeah, and I just want to add on the uh, on the training aids. There, you're you're exactly right. There's um, a, a lot of great aids out there. They all have a specific purpose or function. Um, but you're exactly right. In your analogy is you have to be careful um, because again, you see. Um, you know, even walking in some of the big box stores, they'll see something on the shelf and they, you know, it talks about in the marketing, you know, it's going to help uh, speed up your swing or what have you. And that may not be the issue that you're having. It could be an issue of not releasing the club properly. So 
you know, it might increase your, your speed, but if it's still not addressing the, the underlying problem, which is getting a proper release through the swing, um, then all you're doing is you're doing the same mistake, but you're just doing it faster now because yeah, you got, up your core you got a real strength. fast chicken wing. Though. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, or, oh, or vice versa. Don't make me laugh. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but you know, it, that's the truth. And I'm not knocking anything. Uh, you know, I've, I've got an orange whip, yeah, and, and I correct. use that, and it, it's it's good. But oh, yeah. uh, I use it more for my myself. But but I'm like you. I think yeah. there there there's training aids that are specific. Um, and that has to be clearly identified. So I, I agree uh, with you. Yeah. I think, you know, what works yeah. for you is fine, but there is no one-size-fits-all training aid, and that, that's the truth. Yeah, um, the, you know, yeah so, that, that is correct. I'll throw this out. The, the orange whip is a great one. Jim Hackenberg is a great friend. Uh, he actually is right here in, in our area. I don't know if you knew that or mm-hmm. not. Uh, yes. His yeah. place is in Easley, South Carolina. And uh, Jim's a great guy, and they have a wonderful group of people over there. So the orange whip and the, the training and the puttering things they have, are very, they're very good for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, even within their, their repertoire, they have different sizes and different sure versions. Uh, you know, so mm-hmm. that's another thing. You know, I mean, you don't just grab whatever's on the shelf. You need to do a little research. And that's where a conversation, going back to what you talked about earlier, a conversation with your, your teach professional is, is crucial to understand and address what needs you have. And if there are aids or or things, and sometimes it could be, you know, very simple as, uh, you know, there could be something that you have at home, um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, that, uh, you know, that's in your kitchen drawer that might accomplish the same thing. And I'm not trying to, you know, lose sales for anybody, (laughs) but, but, you know, sometimes the simple things are are what's necessary. Uh, But that very interesting. So I want to ask you this question. This is really about golf events, and, and people have talked about this for a little while, the last few years, because of time and, and, and so forth. Um, how do you feel about shorter golf events and maybe courses that only um, offer playing nine holes instead of a full round? What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, people have talked well, sort of pushed this out. Um, do you think we you know, need to add something like that? Not necessarily take away what currently is out there, but is this maybe another option that we should be offering? You know, um, Ted, I really haven't really thought much about it. I didn't quite realize that people were starting to do that because up here it's hard to get a golf event on a course because they're all so busy, um, mm-hmm. you know, so it's hard hard to get them to break out. So that very well may be a great solution to an afternoon nine-hole event. Um, you know, most of them still are 18 from what I'm seeing here. But I think that would be a great right. idea. I mean, you, you can you can get your event in. Uh, you can't have as many players in a nine-hole event because you you got limited right. space. Um, so that might be a deterrent to that. But it would be really good for the golf clubs, particularly here. And I don't know everywhere is 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 the the play is up everywhere. So it right. it, it gets to be an economic issue for the golf courses to say, yeah, I got I got 75 players coming in. Can you give me a break on the green fees? And they're going, I'm going to have 75 players anyway at full rack rate. You know? Right. So it's hard for the golf courses to give up that time because in reality, they're trying to do the charity or the church group or whoever it is. They're trying to accommodate them. But it really is taking – back in the day, it used to put money in your pocket. But in today's world yep. – where the golf is now is actually taking money out of your pocket. So it may be a great idea. I really haven't given that any thought or heard about it or heard anybody up here doing it, but it would be a really good way to balance out the needs of the of the event 
and uh, the the necessity for the golf club to still have their golf course. I think it'd be a yeah, great well, idea. Yeah, well, you know, I, I look at it this way. You know, uh, it's great to have these these big courses, and in some cases you might have, uh, you know, two sets of 18, um, and you could even set it up where, you know, one of, let's say you've got one course, you know, you've got your members and, and guests and things like that, mm-hmm. And rather than blocking up the other 18 with just a, a major uh, corporate event, one event, you could actually do it out where you could split it into two nines. So you could actually have two corporate events going on at the same time, one in the front nine, one in the back nine. Or yeah, if you're a smaller, you, you, know, uh, you know, something like that. Or um, another way to look at it is sometimes smaller corporations that don't have a lot of employees, you know, to, for them to book out a whole golf course um, when maybe they've only got mm-hmm. 20 or 25, uh, you know, but they want to do something like that, you know, they can go to some of the smaller courses that aren't as busy maybe or mm-hmm. squeeze them in a little bit easier, and it's still beneficial to the golf course. And it's not. And then also yeah. they can wrap up a little faster as well. Instead of doing a, a whole-day event, it could be a half-day event. Mm-hmm. Food, yeah. Food for thought. I don't, so, I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah. No, I think it's a – well, and I think, to, you know, I've had a lot of people mention to me over the last several years, and especially with this sort of next generation coming in, a lot of them have other priorities. Not that they're not interested in golf, but they don't want to spend four or five hours or more longer out in the golf course. So if they can get a quick right. nine in, you know, um, you know, not doesn't even have to be in an event, just playing a quick nine instead, um, which I know is, is available anyways, but this might be another way to, to get, um, you know, some of the younger generation out there yeah. that don't want to be out there for four and a half hours. So it's just something I was just curious right. what your thoughts were on that. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. I know we've talked about this one, but I'm going to um, sort of throw this one out there again. Um, uh-huh. How do you think social media uh, has changed or is changing the golf industry? Oh, I mean the social media <laughs> ability. Okay. Well, I think it's a it 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 definitely has put people more in touch with the players and and stuff of that nature. You know, Twitter they got followers and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's one thing. But I will say that the apps and the social media has opened up a tremendous opportunity for promoting your facility, promoting your lesson programs, promoting anything. Because mm-hmm. I, I know the the local golf course here that, that I play at most of the time, they just now have put an app in. You download their app, and it's a immediate communication. Hey, I got mm-hmm. I got four tee times available today. We got a we got a hot weather special. Come on out. We never could do that before. I mean, you no. know, so the the that that social media to where you can touch a person or a group of people that that kind of you know it it it's I don't know you know Krispy Kreme it's kind of like seeing the hot and ready sign, you know, right. you, you're gonna stop and get some, right. you know, and so now I got on for old man look here they got a special I don't have nothing going on let's go let's go take advantage of that. So yeah. that portion of the social media has been an absolute marvel for golf marketing. Yes. You know, the other stuff, the Twitter and the following players and stuff, it, to me that's just entertainment. It's fun maybe. I, I, don't, I'm, I don't have a Twitter account. I don't do that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but just from a business standpoint, 
the ability that the social media and apps and stuff give you to reach out your, to a, a member, a, a regular player, or, you know, a new person, I mean, it's phenomenal. And it's immediate. Yep. You don't have to wait till the newspaper comes out the next morning. The radio show's already over. That you have the ability to touch a potential customer in their pocket in that phone. Yep. And it's phenomenal. And you can have it in such a way that it becomes interactive as well, not just in communication, oh, yes. but, uh, you know, the linkage can be put in there that if, if there's a, let's say, a special, an afternoon special going on uh, for tea times mm-hmm. and rate changes, you know, people within those apps can actually just go ahead and book it and, and just, you know, drive to yes. the facility. And they don't even have to, you know, so there's a lot of advantages. Uh, and I agree. And I, I think what, what social media has done has provided a very, cost-effective and very uh, open marketing campaign, uh, which can be certainly in addition to, but I think has actually replaced a lot of the traditional uh, marketing avenues that, that that were very expensive in the past. This is much more and, hit, and hits a wider and broader audience. And what's unique about it is you can target specific audiences. So if you want a little bit older demographic, right. you can plug a lot of the information or have that reach out mm-hmm. to uh, through the different social on the downside, very quickly, I think we've talked about this part more so, it's, uh, it's great. And when I lump social media, and I don't mean just necessarily Twitter or Facebook, um, right, but right. you know, you bring YouTube in and stuff. Unfortunately, there's the opposite effect where you have a lot of information going out, not necessarily, some of it's even by professionals, but sometimes it's not necessarily by professionals, but it's just gulping enthusiasts that float a lot of right. information that sometimes is not accurate. And kind of messes people up, and you end up as a professional um, sifting through the rubble, if you will, with your <laughs> student yeah. as they, you know, say, hey, well, you know, I watched this video or I, I, you know, was reading up on this the other day. What do you think? And you're spending the first 15 minutes of the lesson not necessarily debunking but try to explain to them why this may or may not be what's going to be beneficial for them. Yeah. What are your thoughts here? Will, oh, yeah. I'll give you a little story. I was up at um, – a uh, place called uh, Wolf Laurel last Saturday working for, um, I'll say, I work working for Strixon doing a demo day. And the gentleman comes out, and you can see he's just grinding and grinding doing this and that. And, you know, and I, I, whether you like it or not, my mom raised a smart ass, right? I mean, so uh, I'm sitting there, and I'm going, you know, just how many videos have you watched in the last week? Because you could tell right. he was in there doing all that. And everybody standing there started laughing. They said, he's watched them all. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, and, and for goodness sakes, I mean, you know, they're trying. But some of the things that they're trying to do, are they're just not capable of doing it physically. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see this bending down and getting the elbow under and all this kind of stuff. I said, i tell you what, let's do it. Let's see if we can get your body to work the way it was built to work. You know? Right. Just let your elbows and your arms work together once. And he started. And so, yeah, I mean, I had a guy yesterday I gave him a lesson to. You could tell he was closing it down and holding it off. He'd seen that on YouTube. No question. And you don't even have to go to YouTube. You just watch the you just watch the regular broadcast of the of the open, and they talk about this and that, and how they're doing that. You don't even have to watch the videos to do it. <laughs> but you know, I, I guess that I just 
have to maybe assume, and it may not be correct, that people are smart enough to recognize junk, you yeah. know, but maybe they're not uh, because we do combat it. Not not that much in the the 40 and 50 year old, but you can see these young kids. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, and unbelievable, you know. And I'm going, and I, I've got now where I just don't say anything. You know, yeah. uh, they're I, working I think with it, another this and that, you know. So I just, I said, man, I'm not gonna fight it anymore. Yeah, I, I think it, again, and not to keep throwing this out there, I, I do agree. I think it, right. it is an age thing, and or maturity, let's say, put it that way. Right. Um, because I'm like you, I, you know, I, I've mentioned uh, here before, you know, I went down this past January to the PGA merchandising show, and you know, everything right. and anything, you know, is available there. And there's, don't get me wrong, there's some great stuff there, but there's a lot of certainly some gimmicky things as well. And it's always interesting, you know, as you're walking around on the floor, you're walking through the hallways, and you listen to people's conversations. I mean, you can't help but not hear it. And you listen to some of the things that pique their interest. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what I always what I always find, I think what it is is this, human nature. Um, and I'll give oh, you, yeah. using your example, I think what it is is there are, there are some out there that think there is some secret that the golf professions, mm-hmm. uh, you know, professions are hiding. There's got to be a secret. Mm-hmm. So if I if I can figure out what that secret is, I can improve my game. So well, maybe it's you know tucking right. my arm here, or maybe it's doing that. So they watch as much to try to gather as much information to see if they can figure out what that secret sauce is to to becoming right. you know the, the next tour player. And what they don't realize is the real secret is you have to work at it. You have to work <laughs> at the game. It's not something that's going to yeah. come. In a, in a video, um, video is there to show you and provide examples of what you're doing right or wrong or, or a combination of, but it's not there to provide you with some magic elixir that's going to suddenly turn <laughs> your game around. Um, you know, there might be yeah. snippets that could be beneficial, no doubt. I, I would agree with that. And I think that's uh-huh. what it is. I think people have developed a mindset and the technology, it's like feeding a monster. It's feeding that monster. Oh, yeah. You're right. I've seen guys. I've seen guys out in the range um, that, you know, just go up there and they'll put a ball down and they'll stand there and they're not doing a pre-shot routine. They're sitting there, you know, checking every position. They're, you know, they're doing the, the eight or nine mm-hmm. different positions. And then they swing and it, you know, it duffs and it, and it runs about uh, maybe 20 yards down there and it's barely got an inch <laughs> above the ground. And then they right. go through the same thing again. And this time they're doing something slightly different. No, maybe it wasn't a tuck. Maybe it was a, a, a you know, a, a, an overlap or, you yeah. know, whatever. And, and you can <laughs> oh, tell, right. like you said. And, yeah. and I don't mean to be, be critical, and, and we all struggle. Yeah. I don't care what level you're at. We all struggle with our games, and we're, right. we want to improve. But I think that the real message that I want to get across to, to you, the listeners out there, is you have to be willing to put some time and effort practice with purpose and you have to be willing to listen to what you're being taught. And if you don't feel comfortable with the person that you're working with, you don't feel that they're providing you with information that's then have that conversation. And if it doesn't change or you're not able to, to come to some resolution, then maybe you need to, to look elsewhere for an instructor that, that is right. going to meet your needs. But if you're looking for a, you know, a, a magic potion, it does not exist or a special piece of equipment um, or a new set of golf clubs that's going to suddenly change your game, that is not going to happen. It, it just, and no. I don't care what marketing campaign comes out there. It is, I'm, I'm being blunt, it is a lie. Yeah. 
Can there you can oh, you yeah. improve? Can you, you know, reap some benefit from certain things? Of course. But you have to be willing to put in the effort. And I think a lot of people yeah. are, are that's no, what I'm they're not, looking for. They're looking know, for that right? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we can go back a little ways here and uh, you, you you probably don't remember these, but you've probably seen them. That Life Magazine run a mm-hmm. series of articles on the Hogan Secret. Yes, the I did see them. Yep. Okay. Well, you know what his secret really was. You you just said it. You show up every day and go to work. Yep. <laughs> you know that was his secret. You show up yep. every day and you go to work, and you know and. Yeah, and no, you know, it's just one of those things. You're, you're right. I mean, there, there's no magic thing, you know. Um, we we talk about it a lot uh, about making sure we don't run down every rabbit hole we hear about, mm-hmm. you know. And and we're all subject to it, and and me mm-hmm. included, subject. Well, let's try this, try that, you know. But what accomplished players have the ability to do is they can go down that rabbit hole for a little while. Mm-hmm. But they're also knowledgeable enough about how they play to come back. Yes. But the beginning player or the amateur doesn't have anything to come back to. Right. They don't come back to that fundamental. And so when they get drugged down these ideas about do this, do that, give me 10 minutes, I'll give you 15 yards, they don't have anything to come back to once they realize that doesn't work. So they're lost. They, so what they do is they look for the next one. And then when that one doesn't work, they look for the next one. And yeah. But we as accomplished players have a base. We have that fundamental understanding. Okay, that didn't work. Let's, let's just go back to what, you know, a fundamental thing here. Get yourself grounded again. And then go from there. But the amateur player, the beginner, doesn't have that ground to come back to, and that's unfortunate. Well, let me, yeah, let me just share something real quick as we get close to our time. You know, Jack sure. Nicholas talked about this in his uh, video, um, "Golf My Way," and he said right. every season. At, now, obviously, the seasons were a little bit shorter than what they are now. Now they're pretty much running all year round. Right. But you know, he in right. the winter months he took some time off. You know, he went fly fishing. He did whatever. But the number one thing, he said the first thing that he did when he came back at the beginning of the season, when he was getting ready for the majors and, and anything else, is it wasn't just a matter of going out and playing. He worked and focused on the fundamentals, his grip, his stance, his posture, right. all of those things. He went back to the basics, and then he worked in, right. on making sure that he was doing things correctly. And he didn't reinvent the things. He didn't change anything on what he knew uh, was successful for him. And that's what he focused on. Correct. It was very simple. And then he went out and he, he continued mm-hmm. to practice, and then he would go out and play and, and you know, get the, the cobwebs off, so to speak, but, you know, before he got into competitive play. But, you know, and he right. wasn't all of a sudden trying. In fact, there was only one time, and I, I don't recall. I'll have to dig it up and, and see if I can get the information. But there was actually one point in his career where he changed uh, and went to uh, another coach, instructor, if you will, that thought it would be better for Nicholas to hit draws instead of his fade. And he got right. him to start working on these draws, very short period of time, and it actually threw Nicholas's game off. He actually did. Yeah. He reverted back to you know what he knew worked. Yeah. Um, and uh-huh. and that's what you're talking about is is a better player sure. knows what's working for them, knows what brings them success. That doesn't mean that they don't will occasionally try something, but they that's will correct. always revert back to what they know. 
that has brought them success. The difference is with the amateur players is they'll continue to keep trying stuff and reinventing the wheel, and it gets mm-hmm. where it's not just one problem. Now they've got three or four problems that they've got to correct. That's right. And, that, that's, and right. that's what turns them away from, from continuing on in the game. So I always say, you know, practice with purpose, uh, but practice right. correctly with purpose. Make sure, I mean, you can hit 10,000 balls a week, but if you're not hitting them correctly, if you're not swinging the club correctly and there's issues there, then all you're doing is you're now creating a memory that is incorrect, that has flaws in it. Correct. So you're not, you're not serving the purpose. So that's what I would say is, as you pointed out earlier with Ben Hogan, is you got to get there, you got to show up the course, and you got to be ready to do some work. And if you're not, that's right. Um, that's okay. But if you want to become a better player, you've got to put the time and the effort in, and you can do it smart. That's the great thing that's about right. all this technology now, Clint, is they actually make it easier for us to be able to do that, put that work in, uh, and provide instant feedback a lot better than it did, you know, 30, 40 years ago. It's just a matter of learning right. how to use it, but you still have to put some work into it. That's correct. All right, my friend. On that note, I think we're going to wrap it up. Uh, interesting discussion. Uh, wow. Our apologies that uh, yeah. John wasn't able to to make it, but uh, I think you and I are, are long-winded enough, uh, Clint, that <laughs> yeah. we can hold the fort. Yeah, well, I'm, just getting, I'm just getting warmed up, man. I'm just getting warmed up. I know. I'm getting stretched out, ready I, to go. <laughs> just getting, so I, I could easily do another hour, which I'm going to do with my very special guest. But uh, Clint, uh, yeah, as always, big, I want to thank you very much. It's always a pleasure having you on the show. and. And uh, I'd love to have you come on even more, but uh, I know you got lots of things going on, grandkids and yeah, we might, all that good stuff too. We might too. work on that, you know. We'll see. <laughs> They're always next year. All right. All right. Well, Clint, um, right. let the folks know uh, if they want to reach out to you. The best way they can sure. do it, and then we'll, we'll let you go. I, I really have enjoyed it. I, I, I always enjoy being on with John too. I, I hate that he couldn't make it tonight, but we'll get together again. Um, Clint Golf Zero Zero One at Yahoo dot com is the easiest way to get a hold of me. Uh, and I'll be more than happy to respond back to them. And, and Ted, I, I have enjoyed the show, and we'll um, be around the end of next month, and we'll do it again. All right. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend, and thank you always, my friend, for bringing your best to the Coach's Corner panel segment here on Golf Talk Live. God bless, All my right. friend. Have Good a great night, weekend, folks. and I'll see yeah. you next time. Thank All right. you. Bye-bye. All right. All right. That was my very special guest, Clint Wright, uh, joining me on the Coach's Corner panel. As I mentioned uh, my other good friend, John Hughes, I knew that he was traveling, so there was a risk that he might not be able to, to chime in tonight's discussion, but uh, we'll get him in on the next one. But uh, on that note, let me just uh, jump for a quick uh, advertisement from Golf Tips Magazine, and then I will be back with my very special guest this evening, uh, Anthony Holder. We'll be right back. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple-to-follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe today. All right, welcome back. And uh, as I said, a quick uh, advertisement from Golf Tips Magazine. Uh, for those of you that uh, are interested in subscribing, if you go to GolfTipsMag.com, 
Uh, there are a number of options uh, there. You can get, if you're interested in just the print version, you can do that. Uh, or you can do just the digital version if that's uh, more to your liking, or you can do both. Some people like to have both. Uh, they can have the uh, print version at home, and if they're traveling with an iPad or what have you, or even their phone, uh, they can get access through the digital library as well. So a lot of great options. Go to golftipsmag.com and subscribe today. All right, as I mentioned, I'm going to be joined now by my very special guest of the evening, Anthony Holder. He is the uh, Director of Golf Operations at Horseshoe Bay Resort uh, in Texas. And uh, Anthony uh, thrives on being a coach and a mentor to his team. Uh, he leads with the belief that with a well-built team and a coach uh, who generally cares about the success of each individual, uh, whether it's in or out of the workplace, that any goal is achievable, and I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, environment creates a culture of hospitality that is unparalleled, and uh, it's something that he uh, takes great pride in. Uh, he uh, considers himself to be a, a self-starter excuse me, who loves finding creative solutions to overcome barriers in the workplace, uh, and a key objective is to exceed uh, the expectation of uh, the owners, guests, members, associates, and other uh, family uh, on a regular basis. And he joined uh, the Horseshoe Bay Resort in 2017 after a three-year run as general manager and director of golf at the Weston Mission Hills uh, Golf Resort and Spa. So please welcome uh, this evening's uh, special guest, Anthony Holder. Good evening, Anthony. Welcome to Golf Talk Live. Hello, everyone. Hey, and Ted, it's, uh, it's an honor to be on the show. Man, I'm, I'm excited to spend some time with you and uh, looking forward to it. All right. Well, we're going to... Uh, we're going to jump right in. I appreciate you taking time, and, and thank you as, as always. I know it's uh, tough sometimes after a busy day to, uh, to come on a program like this and then have to, have to talk, uh, you know, for a little bit, but I uh, appreciate you giving of your time. And uh, so what I thought we would do is, is just to let the folks, um, a couple of things before we get into some specific uh, areas here uh, in tonight's discussion, um, just give the folks, I've given them a little bit of, of um, you know, insight to you as, as an individual and obviously, you know, your, some of your credentials. I mean, obviously there's many, many more I could, I could read on, but uh, we want to spend our time obviously talking about uh, Horseshoe and, and, uh, and some of the great things going on there. But just talk about a little bit about your background in golf. How did you sort of get involved in the golf industry? And, and did you start playing golf personally, uh, if at all, uh, as a youngster? Yeah, so I uh, had the fortunate experience of, of growing up under the tutelage of my father, who was also a golf professional. And uh, he grew up under his father, uh, who was also a golf professional. So uh, I started really early on in my life of being around the club environment uh, and working at a club at a very young age. Probably wasn't legal at the time, but uh, yeah, so I... Uh, you know, started basically from the ground up and had the fortunate experience of working in every facet of the golf operation, from grounds to range picker to in the golf shop to marshalling and starting and you name it. So that's really what started my, my career in the industry. Uh, I knew it was something that I always had a passion for, um, more specifically a passion for human behavior. That's really really what sparked my interest is we're in the business of people, right? Whether it's the owners, the members, right. the guests, your coworkers, whoever it is. So I think that really uh, kept me interested and engaged in the industry. And uh, there's a lot of skill variety required in being an operator at a golf club. It's, it's very unique in the sense that 
you've got tournament operations, you have retail operations, you have the outside service staff, you have agronomy, you have a cart maintenance, you, it, the list goes on and on and on. So I've always enjoyed uh, dabbling in all the respective departments that are required to make a seamless experience for our members and guests. So that's, that's kind of really what, what got me into the industry. And at some point in my life, you know, I, I needed to get out from under my father's wing and, wings and spread my wings. And so I moved, mm-hmm. to, a club, moved to a club in southern Utah uh, and really started my career. Uh, and then eventually moved from there to Southern California and all the way back to Texas, to make a long story short. Well, and, and Horseshoe, now I have not personally been there. Um, I'm, I'm planning on a, a trek at some point, and I'll, I'll uh, speak with, uh, uh, with Kevin and Carl about that uh, to set something up, uh, probably uh, maybe in 2024, but uh, to, to check things out. But I, I know I've been on a number of times over the years, uh, and I've actually had you, know, you guys on before. Uh, on the program to talk about that. But um, what I'd like for you to do is just, and when I say an overview, it's just sort of a general overview of Horseshoe, uh, talk about some of the different things, and then we're going to drill down in, into some more specifics. But just kind of give a general idea mm-hmm. for, for those that have never been to the resort, just some of the amenities that you have. Obviously, you've got some great golf going on, but maybe you could just touch on a little bit of some of the different programs that you offer there uh, at Horseshoe. Yeah. Yeah, so Horseshoe Bay is located about 45 miles west of Austin, Texas. Uh, It's in a very unique location situated uh, right near Lake LBJ, which is a constant level lake. It's 72 holes of championship golf. We have an 18-hole real grass putting course, uh, 412 rooms there at the hotel, marina, tennis courts, yacht club, uh, you name it. So a variety of amenities there at the property. And it's it's very unique in the sense that you, you have all the amenities of a big metropolitan area, uh, but you don't have to deal with all the traffic. It's more of a slow-paced, kind of small-town feel. Um, and we offer a variety of packages and offerings, golf packages, a la carte packages for the spa, the marina, jet ski rentals, uh, wakeboarding lessons, uh, golf instruction, club repair. So it's a full-service operation. Um, and and the, the cool thing about the area is it caters to just about every demographic, from your mm-hmm. bachelor and bachelorette parties to your families, a lot of things for the kids to do, uh, a retirement community, a lot of people that have retired out there and, uh, and, and choose to be there because they want to be there. Um, so we've kind of got a little bit of it all. It's, um, it's a very mm-hmm. special place, and it's situated in the hill country with great vistas and great views. And typically the weather is pretty bear- bearable. However, the last seven weeks or so we've been <laughs> in the triple digits, so it's been right. a little hot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fortunately, there's there's some water in the area, and we can talk about that in a moment uh, yeah. to to help uh, maybe with a cool dip uh, here and there. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I can relate. I just uh, came back a little over a week ago from Las Vegas, and yeah, it was pretty pretty hot. Let me tell you, and, and uh, I know you guys have been getting hit with some some hot weather, and and now it's moved uh, back over east, which I'm back in Florida now, so it's been uh, traveling through. So I don't know. I know all about the heat. Trust me. Uh, dry and yeah. humid, so I, I've been there. Yeah. Uh, let, let's let's sort of zero in for a moment, if you will, a little bit more 
uh, robust discussion, if you will, about some of the golf programs specifically. I know obviously you have a number of courses. Maybe you could touch on a little bit about that. Uh, and then, you know, I, I'm, I'm quite certain that you're offering obviously individual and, and, and private lessons uh, to members and, and guests. Um, but are there any other special programs like group, uh, uh, maybe golf schools, that sort of thing you could touch on a little bit as well. But let's, let's focus on the golf programs as a general. Give us a general overview. And then are there sort of special uh, you know, opportunities there for people to, to tune up their game. Yeah, absolutely. You name it, we have it. So we have, we offer routine clinics throughout the week. We do golf academies for group instruction. We do corporate outings, team building opportunities. If you've got, you know, executive team of 16 people that are looking to do some team, big, team building activities, uh, we've kind of tailored some specific programs for that. Uh, that we offer that's really popular. Um, we do private instruction, obviously, um, full service club repair and club fitting there at the club. Um, you know, there's there's a plethora of options for for anything that you may desire in in the in the world of golf. So uh, we have a full time dedicated director of instruction there, and he's got two assistants that handles most of the instruction inquiries and. They do a fantastic job, and our director of instruction is a very unique individual in the sense that he also offers golf fitness, golf stretching, and yoga, and is also a motivational speaker and has published, I think, three books now. Um, so he's just a great asset to the team. And, you know, when we have, have the uh, – when it gets hot outside and people aren't looking for the instruction, he can offer fitness indoors. He can – there's a lot of different things that he can offer. So it's, um, it, as it relates to the golf courses, that's the great thing about Horseshoe Bay is there's great contrast and variety of style of golf courses. Um, you've got Apple Rock, which is just a beautiful golf course, very scenic of the Hill Country Vistas, Lake LBJ. Ram Rock, mm-hmm. which is considered the most difficult of the four golf courses and very tree-lined fairways that the better player enjoys that golf course. You have to have the ability to shake the ball in both directions. Um, Summit Rock is a Jack Nicholas design. Uh, that is our newest addition, and that's exclusively private, but it's, uh, it's a very cool experience, and I think it's cut out on the, probably the best property in Texas Hill Country. And then you get the Slick Rock Golf Course, which is our member's favorite. Um, it's a little tamer and uh, a little easier to manage your way through the experience, but also very beautiful in a sense. So um, it's, a, so it's a very special, very special place. So you've obviously got, uh, you know, as you just pointed out, really a variety for everybody. So there's some, you know, you've got the four courses there. Some are, are a little more challenging. I noticed uh, uh, for Ramrock, it's also famously known as the Challenger, which is probably apropos for, for what you just described. Uh, but, you know, you've got something that, that is, uh, again, equally beautiful in its own way, um, you know, with Slick Rock, but maybe not quite as challenging uh, as, as the other. Um, but, again, still just as uh, certainly enough of a challenge, but for – and I think that's important. I think one of the, the things that's very intimidating for a lot, especially people, as I'm sure you guys have experienced quite an uptick um, in, in recent years, obviously because of the pandemic, more people have, have sort of come out to, to golf that maybe never played before. So I think it's important, not only as we touched on earlier, uh, you know, when I was reading out some of the information about yourself, 
how important it is to, to build those relationships, not only with your team, but with the, with the folks coming out there um, to ex- explore and experience Horseshoe. Uh, but it, it's, interesting, it's important to provide a, a variety of experiences. I mean, there's nothing worse than, you know, coming out and feeling overwhelmed because you've got world-class golf holes uh, that only a PGA Tour or an LPGA Tour can play or, uh, player can play. So, you know, it's nice that you guys offer a variety um, of options for people to consider. So, you know, for those that maybe aren't as, as accomplished, there's something there for them. And those that are a little bit more skilled uh, or more, even more skilled, uh, there's something to challenge them as well. So I think it, it's a good balance, it seems, that you guys have there. Would that be a fair assumption? Absolutely. And we've done a lot of things over the past five years to really uh, enhance the playing experience uh, for, for all different types of skill sets. Um, we Back in 18, we renovated Ramrock and expanded a lot of the green complexes by almost 50%. And so we, we put bent grass back on all the greens, uh, makes it a little more receptive for iron shots that are coming in, a larger green complex to hit into, and, and softened up some of the areas. But from the back tees, it's still a test for the, for the best, you know, the better players. So um, absolutely. And that's, that's really, you know, the thing that we, we leverage the most is the variety of golf, and we have some short tees out there for those that just need to move up a tee because it's too long. So there's, there's so many different options uh, for the player based on their skill set there at Horseshoe Bay. And, you know, uh, as, uh, as it points out here on the website, and we'll certainly give that information a little bit later on, but, uh, you know, on the Slick Rock, you also have a uh, uh, 35-foot waterfall, which is uh, among one of the most photographed signature holes in Texas. So that's another thing to, that you guys are able to boast about at your resort. And I think, you know, people like stuff like that. People like things that, uh, you know, sort of draw them in to enhance that experience. And if they can snap a selfie or whatever, you, um, they're going to gravitate to that as well. Uh, I want you to talk a little bit about, yeah, I want you to talk a little bit about, um, you know, Golf Inc. Magazine uh, actually named this Clubhouse of the Year. Uh, this is the new Cat Rock Clubhouse named, um, again, Clubhouse of the Year. Talk about that. So you've obviously, not just the, the golf course, have you made some adjustments here and there, uh, but you've also, uh, uh, I, I understand, have revamped or, or created a new clubhouse. Is that my understanding? or? Yeah, completely new construction. Um, it, it, this clubhouse is just marvelous. It's it's over the top, and it's uh, you know it's situated on a hillside and kind of carved into some granite rock, and it's just got this modern design to it, but it also kind of fits in and not too intrusive to the to the natural landscaping of the area. So it's uh, it's one of those that. For every prospective member, for everybody visiting uh, that have never been there before, they have to walk through it and see it. The interior, the exterior, it'll just blow your mind. And it's got the most beautiful views of the entire Lake LBJ and the Hill Country Vistas. I mean, you can see just miles and miles and miles. And so the setting is its just, you know, it's something that you have to see for yourself, honestly. Now, you also mentioned a little bit earlier uh, in, in talking about some of the programs uh, that there's a lot to do there for kids. Now, obviously, not all the kids, depending on their age, are going to hop out in the golf course. What are some of the amenities offered for kids, for families that want to come, that want uh, some activities for the kids? What are some of the options here? 
Yeah, so we have a uh, an obstacle course, uh, which is a floating obstacle course out in the middle of the water. That uh, it's got you know all these crazy jumps and obstacles that you have to go through. That seems like it goes miles and miles. I tried it, and uh, tell you what, I'm not as agile as I used to be. So it was, <laughs> it was quite the, <laughs> yeah. the task to get through the obstacle. But uh, the obstacle course, there's paddle boards, you know, there's jet skis. The Yacht Club has the largest hot tub in the state of Texas, or it was at one point. Uh, we, we created a beach there at the Yacht Club, so it's a little cool area with a shallow pool that the kids can kind of hang out and the parents can sit aside in beach chairs and watch them while they have some drinks and, and just watch the views. Um, there is just we've got a kids jungle club, which is an indoor jungle mm-hmm. club where the kids can kind of hang out and play while maybe the parents get away for a dinner or whatnot. Whitewater putting course is extremely popular, and, and we really have done a great job with the programming. Um, roasting marshmallows at a certain time of the night, we we put on a lot of activities, water slides and things, just to keep the kids entertained and. Um, there's a lot to do there because everything's spread out. There's a lot of function space and a lot of creative things that we can do to activate those areas and those spaces. So, um, yeah, the, the kids will not be bored. They will not be pulling on your uh, on your on your pant leg, telling you I'm bored. I want to go back to the room right. and tell you that. Yeah, yeah and, and you, as you touched on, you know, you've got the, the waterfront beach and aqua park as well. Uh, which I believe debuted this summer. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. And so obviously that provides, and you touched on some of the things. So, you know, again, um, for those that maybe don't uh, play golf, there's something there uh, for them as well, especially for the kids. I mean, the kids like to, you know, as you mentioned, you've got the beach uh, experience there now, and kids like to play in the sand, and they like to get on, you know, if there's a water slide and other activities there, that sort of thing. They like to play in the water. So uh, there's a little something for them as well. And, you know, I noticed too, when I was, uh, you know, sort of preparing for this week um, that, and this has become very big across, particularly across the U S right now, in addition to golf, uh, you know, tennis has always been a popular sport, but now pickleball has uh, jumped in there. I see you guys got some uh, uh, accommodations for that. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I don't know how many courts we have now. I, I, I think it's five, and we're looking to expand two more. So we just hired a director of pickleball. I never thought there would be a day where we hire a director of pickleball. So (laughs) it is just booming. Our members love it. Uh, It meets our demographics perfectly. And it's it's funny because a lot of the employees and a lot of the, the younger demographics have been out there to try it out, and they're hooked on it. So now you've got everybody wanting the pickleball courts, which is, you know, why we need to continue to expand that space. But uh, it's just been wildly, wildly popular there in our area, and it's uh, it's really fun to see everybody out there being active and actually getting out there to do stuff. And, you know, it's, it's one of those games that's, it's unique in the sense that if you've never played before, you can hold a, yeah. a fun game with someone that's you know very competitive at the game. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been fun to watch that uh, that progress and to watch the engagement there, for sure. Yeah, I, I remember a few years back when it was first sort of uh, you know coming out, and I thought, nah, I don't know if this is going to last. And now, you know, flash uh, fast forward a few years. 
and it's one of the hottest tickets. And what I've noticed, obviously, in addition to yourselves, but a lot of golf properties are adopting it in their repertoire as well because it's just become very popular and uh, it's a lot of fun. And there's even a professional aspect to pickleball, believe it or not now. So it's not a flash in the pan. So I'm not surprised that you guys have have recognized that and added as well. Um, Also, uh, you have a lot of different events going on. You've got one coming up uh, August 11th to 12th. Uh, the Horseshoe Bay Resort's annual Beer by the Bay Music Festival uh, coming up. Tell us a little bit about that. It's just a few weeks away. Uh, what can folks expect oh. there? Yeah, it's a blast. So we bring out, I don't know how many vendors. It's anywhere from 40 to 60 vendors, local breweries, local wineries, um, you name it, that come out and support the event. Uh, we have some great bands lined up and scheduled for the event. So it's it's two days of just socializing, um, trying new food and, and new drinks and listening to some great music situated right there on our event lawn. Uh, it's just a beautiful setting surrounded by trees and just a, a beautiful area. So it's, uh, it's always one of those events. That and the Balloon Fest are, are two favorite events of the year because you'll get thousands of people that come out for these events and just – and really have a good time and socialize and network and get to know people and create some, some memories that will last forever. You know, and, and people enjoy that. I mean, you know, one of the nice things that, you know, that you offer this, what makes it uh, fun is, it, you know, obviously you have activities during the day, but uh, particularly for uh, the adults, you know, they want to have some way of kind of relaxing, um, you know, and, and this is a great way to do it and, and yet still have some fun and, and create some energy. And I think it, uh, you know, and this is actually your 10th annual, so you've been doing this for a little while now, and and uh, so you're celebrating that milestone, and, and it obviously it's been very successful. And uh, some great images, by the way, as I said, when we give the uh, information a little bit later on um, to the website, that uh, folks, you definitely want to check this out. Uh, and if you're going to be in the area, uh, I don't know. Uh, it, now, is it something, uh, do you have to be, let me just ask you this um, so I'm not shooting myself mm-hmm. in the foot. Um, yeah. Do you have to be staying on the resort to attend that, or is it something that somebody, in, if they were in the area, uh, could come? Obviously, I, I imagine they have to you know, purchase tickets of some sort, but uh, does it have to be uh, yeah. uh, members or guests of the resort to be able to attend this? That is correct. So members or guests or guest of members or guest of hotel right. guests uh, also would gotcha. be allowed to participate. So. Right. So they, they've got to be staying uh, at some capacity on the resort. Okay. I uh, just wanted to make sure I didn't, I didn't want you guys to get flooded by, oh, yeah. by uh, you know, all of a sudden <laughs> a big, big crowd when they, oh, music and beer and, and good food and, all, and good fun. I didn't want you to have your gates stormed. Uh, and then uh, say, you know, I wish Ted hadn't said that on the show. Um, so let's talk about a little bit, um, and again, just sort of a, an overview so that people have a general understanding. Uh, obviously, uh, there's some uh, member opportunities there. Um, there's some residents uh, if people are looking for something, uh, retirement uh, options. Uh, but also you have some great stay-and-play packages. So just talk a little bit, again, an overview of some of the uh, property there. If people want to come and stay, what are some of the options that they have? Yeah, so if you go to hsbresort.com, there's a variety of package offerings. And what's very cool and unique that yeah, I'm proud of that we've figured this out is the ability to add a la carte. So you have your standard golf packages. You're, we have a tee it up package, which is one round of golf, one night. You can obviously extend that for two nights and two rounds. 
We have an unlimited golf package, which obviously is unlimited golf uh, for the entire day, and you can, you know, you can add on to that package, make it two to three to four nights. But you also have an a la carte feature that you can throw on a boat rental or a spa appointment or, you know, a jet ski, jet ski rental or, you know, a, a dining experience. So you, you really can tailor your package to fit your individual needs, which is uh, something that not a lot of resorts have the ability to do. And uh, I think that gives us a little leg up and can really create, depending on if you're a family or you're a business traveler or, or, or whatnot, you can really tailor the package to your specific needs. You there, Ted? Ted, did I lose you? I'm sorry. My apologies. I had I was on mute. I apologize. Um, I had muted when you were talking. So that's my apologies. Um, so what I wanted to ask you, uh, you have some great dining options as well. And um, talk a little bit about that. You've got everything. You've got multiple uh, restaurant opportunities uh, on the resort, uh, everything from, you know, a, a very uh, more simple meal, if you will, to right up to fine dining as well. So give us a, a sort of an overrun of some of the options there. Yeah, so a total of, uh, I think, eight different dining options there on campus. So you've got anywhere from your country club food uh, all the way up to fine dining experience. So you've got the Yacht Club, which is more of your fine dining, steak, lobster type experience. Um, Jay's, which is barbecue there, right there at the tower of the property. Um, some of the best barbecue I've ever had. It's just so tender and un unbelievable. Um, Slick Rock Grill, um, fantastic burgers, you know, more of your country club food um, menu concept. And then you've got the new Cap Rock Clubhouse, which is just phenomenal. Um, just a variety of different options there. Um, so, you know, we cover all the bases uh, from from kind of your, your lower end. I, I wouldn't say lower end, but... Uh, more budget-friendly um, food options or all the way up to um, the fine dining experience. There's also 360, which is very, a very unique space, and that's a sports club, which is right in the middle of Whitewater Putting Course, and it's got 360 degrees of uh, views of the TVs there, so it's a great place to hang out, watch sports, great pizza, great chicken wings, uh, obviously some great beer. Uh, and be able to have the kids play the golf course and, you know, have fun out there and, you know, just really unwind and relax. And, and obviously no uh, great resort is uh, without uh, a spa experience for those that want to unwind, relax, get pampered a little bit. Uh, talk about that as well. Yeah, you know, that's a space that I really haven't spent much time in, but I'm looking forward to in the future. <laughs> I need to get over there and, <laughs> and, and, and get a few massages and relax a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, from what I hear and the people that experience it, it's, it's top-notch. Top I know some of the uh, masseuses over there have been there, a long-tenured 
uh, and long tenured for a reason. They, they know what they're doing. We just hired a new spa director that we're excited about, it's bringing a lot of new ideas and fresh ideas. Um, so it's a full service spa experience with a, with a pool there and got everything you need to kind of hang out and very tranquil experience over there. Well, and, and I think it goes to, and, and, you know, even, you know, traditionally it was always, uh, you know, when couples would go, she would go to the spa, he would go out in the golf course. Obviously, uh, many couples now play golf together, uh, but there's an experience there for them, you know, if they want to put together, uh, you know, maybe, uh, and, and again, you offer a number of different uh, special offers, but maybe they want a, a nice romantic package. Um, they can, you know, certainly you know, adhere to many of the amenities that are available throughout the resort, like the golf experience and whatnot. Uh, but then they can also even share a spa experience as well. So, you know, there's a lot of great options. It's not just limited uh, to, and obviously, uh, you know, there's uh, people are, are more concerned uh, about fitness and wellness. So uh, obviously you've got some, uh, some great opportunities through that, through, uh, you know, group fitness classes and, and just general fitness. And, you know, if they want to use that, and as you mentioned, the tennis and pickleball earlier. Um, so there's a lot of great options there. So even if you're away from home a little while, you can still, and you're worried about, well, I'm going to be gone for a few days and I'm going to miss the gym, uh, you can take advantage of some of the amenities there. Um, one of the last things I want you to, uh, or one of the last things I want you to touch on a little bit is you, you mentioned it briefly in the beginning, but maybe you could expand a bit. Um, in addition to just couples coming, there's a great opportunity for businesses uh, to maybe conduct meetings on the resort, uh, maybe um, for those that aren't married yet but want to uh, uh, perhaps uh, take advantage of some of their nuptials on your resort and other premier events as well. So maybe just touch on a little bit about some of the other uh, uh, options uh, available at the resort. Yeah, that's one of our greatest assets. Being such a, a, a big campus and spread out, we have so many different function space opportunities, um, whether it's outdoor, it's indoor, um, whether it's on the lake or whether it's in the hill country that has beautiful vistas, um, we, ha- we have a little bit of everything. So um, we've got some great ballroom space for, for the corporate environments. Uh, we have some great function space at, at the golf courses that have beautiful 360 views of the hill country. Uh, we've got some lakefront property options for them. So there's just a plethora of options uh, available, which makes it um, big, makes it very unique in the sense that if it's a program that's extended over, you know, four to five days, we can shift them and move them so they don't feel like they're crammed in the same space in the same environment for four straight days. So we have the flexibility to kind of create a, a, an entirely new experience for them. Um, and not a lot of facilities have that luxury, and that's, uh, that's one of the great things about our campus is that uh, there's just there's so many options for us. It, it almost feels like there's never two events that are the same. There's a little different variety to it, you know. So it's uh, it's it, it's just it's a it's a great function space for for any type of event for sure. And you know, as I mentioned, you know, there's a lot of different package offers as well. Um, for those that maybe love the water, um, you know, love the lake, as you put it, uh, certainly some romance uh, packages as well, uh, and, and I'm sure many other uh, options as well. Um, I just want to go back to, um, for those that maybe, as I said, or maybe consider 
looking for a place to uh, put together a, a nice wedding package, um, does Horseshoe offer a, a full service? So if somebody wanted to hold their event there, um, do they? Do you offer um, the services to help put that together to obviously relieve some of the stress from the couple? So if they wanted to hold their uh, event there, their wedding, absolutely. you guys offer a full service? Absolutely, from start to finish. You just, uh, we just need the introduction, and we'll take, take the stress and the pressure off the shoulders from there and, uh, and walk you through the entire process. So we've got a, a great catering and events team, obviously a, a very robust banquets team. So we'll handle all the legwork for you. Just give us the vision and what you're looking for, and we'll, and we'll take it from there and obviously work closely with you through, through the process. Yeah, and that, and you know it's obviously an important time for a lot of couples, and it's nice to know that they can kind of have a, um, you know, almost like a one-stop shop. They can actually hold the event uh, there, have the wedding, you know, on property, and obviously uh, there's plenty of room for guests and things like that. And there's a lot of uh, other amenities that are available to keep everyone entertained if they want to wrap it into not necessarily a day event, but maybe want to make a special weekend uh, event sometimes, especially for smaller. Uh, group sometimes they like to do that with the wedding party and things like that, bring them in a little early and, and have a, a special time with, with them before the, the big day comes. So it's nice to know that they can, uh, you know, lean on, on your group to uh, to be able to help put some of that together. And, and lastly, I want to touch on just very briefly, and again, I know uh, there's different departments and different areas that uh, to get more information, but obviously there's membership opportunities uh, here at Horseshoe, uh, real estate opportunities for those that are maybe looking to make Horseshoe uh, a home as opposed to just a uh, resort destination. So can maybe just again just touch briefly on a little bit of that, and uh, and and then we'll we'll direct everybody to the website. Absolutely. So we have a a very large membership department um, there with I think a total of, of six membership employees there. So um, we offer a variety of of levels of membership, um, and we can explore that with you and, and help find the the best fit for your needs and what you're looking for anywhere from social to um, kind of a sport membership where you have access to golf, but maybe you don't play a lot of golf, but you want to have the ability to access the golf courses to a full full golf membership um, that gives you access to, to basically all the amenities. So, um, yes, we, uh, we can take you through the process and, and bring you on property and, and show you around all the amenities and, and open up that conversation. Um, as far as real estate, we have a real estate department as well that is very active and mm-hmm. been very active this last two to three years. Um, just seeing a huge influx of, of folks that in the San Antonio area, Austin area, just want to get get out of the hustle and bustle and get out of the traffic. A lot of a lot more remote working going on these days. So um, our real estate department's fantastic and you know doing a, a great job in servicing those needs. So. Um, yeah, you just uh, just make the introduction, and, and we'll take care of you and, and walk you through the process. Well, it sounds, um, Anthony, like you have uh, what I would say is a dream job at Horseshoe Bay Resort. You've got everything there really at your good, fingertips yeah. to have a great experience. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, you, you take uh, very seriously, um, you know, helping to motivate and encourage the team to be able to provide, um, you know, the best service possible uh, for your members and, and guests and residents of the area and that. 
and uh, you know it, it, it definitely is a, a world-class resort. Um, so let the folks know uh, to get more information. Obviously, to go to your website, give them that real quick, and then I'll let you have uh, any final thoughts or comments that you want to make uh, to let the folks know about the resort. Yeah, absolutely. So HSB Resorts, the best location to find all the information. Uh, you'll find contact information uh, for each of the respective departments. You'll also find a, li- a list of the programs that we offer, the different packages that we offer. Uh, it's a great resource and a great hub of communication uh, for us. So I would definitely tap into that. You can always reach out to me myself, and I will make the uh, connect the dots for you, and that's a holder at hsbresort.com. So Perfect. look forward to uh, yeah, meeting you. And yes, parting, parting words, I'd just say that, um, you know, the product is a big piece of, of the experience, right? And we've done a huge renovation. Over $150 million have been invested into all the touch points uh, throughout the entire campus. Uh, over the past three to four years. So that's been mm-hmm. a very important piece of the puzzle. Uh, the other piece is warm Texas hospitality is what we pride ourselves on and creating memorable experience. So that's really a critical piece and something we really pride ourselves on. It's that you're going to feel welcomed. You're going to feel like you belong and you have control of your situation. Uh, and we're going to make a lasting memory for you. And that's that's a critical component to making lasting memories, right, is the friendliness and how you're welcomed and, and all that. And that's something that uh, I'm really proud to be a part of. Um, we take it very seriously, but, you know, we know when to have fun and lighten up and, and just make it a, a good time for you. So. Yeah, it's all about yeah, it's all about making memories and the experiences, and definitely I would agree with the Texas Hospitality uh, it's certainly world-class, and you guys uh, uh, certainly serve that up very well. Uh, just a reminder to everybody, again, the website is hsbresort.com. All of the information uh, that Anthony just mentioned is available there. And for those of you that may be looking for uh, a, a quick little trip coming up in a few weeks uh, and that uh, annual uh, Beer by the Bay Music Festival sounds good, it, uh, it's going to be taking place August 11th to 12th. you still got, I think, time, Anthony Wright, to... Uh, to go and, and uh, plan a trip to visit and maybe even attend uh, Beer by the Bay. Um, I think it uh, sounds like a, a great opportunity. But uh, go to hsbresort.com and reach out, contact them, whatever your needs may be or whatever uh, trip you have uh, that you'd like to plan. They can certainly uh, tee it up uh, very well for you uh, at uh, uh, Horseshoe Bay Resort. But, Anthony, thank you very, very much uh, for joining me tonight on, uh, on Golf Talk Live. It's been a pleasure, and uh, I appreciate all of your uh, input into the program and obviously for sharing uh, a, a very well uh, in-depth uh, look at Horseshoe Bay Resort and I uh, look forward to having you back on the show again. Ted, it's been my pleasure and honor to be on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Not a problem. And I'm going to I'm gonna work very hard at making some arrangements to come out and, and, uh, and visit the resort myself and uh, We'll, we'll do that, and I'll make sure you have a, a, the heads up, and we'll get a chance to meet uh, face-to-face. But thank you very much for spending time uh, this Thursday evening here on Golf Talk Live. And uh, best of luck, and, uh, and I imagine you're going to go, so enjoy the beer fest <laughs> coming up in a couple <laughs> yeah, of weeks. I'm gonna I will be, be there. I'm going ge- <laughs> to be jealous. So uh, have a great time, and, and thanks again for spending time with me tonight on, on Golf Talk Live. Thank you.
Have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you, Ted. Look forward to seeing you soon. All right. right. Sounds good. Bye-bye. All right. That was uh, Anthony Holder, the uh, Director of Golf Operations at Horseshoe Bay Resort in Texas, uh, having a a little laugh there as uh, he's going to be enjoying some some of the upcoming festivities uh, taking place August 11th and 12th. Uh, at the Horseshoe Bay Resort, their annual Beer Fest, uh, uh, sorry, I shouldn't say Beer Fest, Beer by the Bay Music Festival uh, coming up uh, in the early parts of August. Uh, and as you mentioned, you have to be either a guest uh, or staying uh, or maybe a, a guest of a member there uh, on the resort to be able to attend. Uh, but it uh, might be worth it if you're looking for maybe a, a nice uh, weekend or what have you. Uh, check the dates and, and see if you're available, and maybe you might want to head out there at uh, Uh, With four beautiful golf courses, a spa, and many other amenities there, it might be a great place to visit uh, uh, in the weeks to come or at any time. But uh, definitely reach reach out to uh, hsbresort.com as their website. Once again, all the information there and their contact information there as well. And if you're interested in maybe some real estate opportunities, all of that's there as well. I'm sure their team will be happy to help you uh, make a a great selection if you're looking for a place to to settle down uh, and you're golden years as they sell and and have access to some some great amenities. But on that note, again, special thanks to Clint Wright uh, for joining me earlier on the Coach's Corner panel. And I did get a note from John. Unfortunately, uh, as I expected, he was tied up, uh, but he certainly sends his apologies to the listeners. For those of you that might have been uh, tuning in to hear some of his thoughts uh, and input into the show, uh, I will definitely uh, have him here on next time uh, when uh, his schedule permits. But uh, on that note, God bless everybody. Have a great weekend. And next week, uh, we'll be firing up the Women of Golf bot, uh, podcast on Tuesdays again. Uh, took a little bit of a break uh, with holidays and uh, some other things going on. Uh, so Cindy and I will be back next Tuesday on the Women of Golf, so make sure you tune in for that. And next Thursday you can join me for another great Coach's Corner and another insightful guest interview uh, with that evening's special guest here on Golf Talk Live. So have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll see you next time here on Golf Talk Live. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's broadcast of Golf Talk Live. We'd like to thank this week's Coach's Corner panel and a special thank you to tonight's guest. Remember to join Ted every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. Central on Golf Talk Live. And be sure to follow Ted on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're interested in being a guest on Golf Talk Live, send Ted an email at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.